0: Welcome to Exploring Creativity. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and provide a community for creative people all over the world. On this podcast, we explore a variety of topics with a multifaceted group of creative people. We explore these topics in hopes of broadening your perspective and giving you the tools you need to do your very best work. Today, I'm speaking with Matthew Genovese. Matthew is a producer and songwriter. Together, we explored how best to prepare for collaboration recognizing what you're not good at, how perfectionism affects art, and so much more. It was a great conversation with a great friend, and I'm super excited for you to hear it. Hello, um, it's good seeing you, man.
1: Likewise, it's been a
0: while. It has, it's been about uh, an hour and a half. An hour been... and a half or so. <laughs> but before that, yeah, it has been a while. Um, we connected, I feel like in the beginning or middle of quarantine, like early quarantine.
1: Yeah, we were definitely like in it.
0: Yeah. I feel like if there's anything last year gave to us, was it was in addition to all the terrible things, it was kind of time to focus, hone in, see what projects we wanted to work on, what we were about, you know, dive into a lot of existential questions of like what our purpose is and, and how we like to do things. And it was definitely that with you and it was really fun to do. Like what? Um, okay, so here are the topics: uh, business savviness, creative potential, limits, discomfort, forms of a creative life, collaboration, feedback, the self, and
2: language. Mm. Which one pops out to you? Maybe limits. Okay, cool. Let's talk limits.
0: So for me, limits. You know, what we've been talking about over the last few um, Exploring Creativity Lives has been about how limits can empower the creative to do something maybe they've never done before or um, how they stifle the creative by kind of blocking them and and making it feel uh, too constrained. I'm wondering what your relationship is with limits and like, how are you thinking about it in your creative processes?
1: Uh, In a way, I kind of feel like my process limits myself in certain ways because I don't really use analog or or soft sense or anything like I'm only using analog stuff. So it kind of makes me think out of the box a lot. And I think (laughs) uh, I think limits in a lot of ways are really good for creativity. They can be frustrating. But I think like, if you're limited to a really minimal setup, you'll a may might get a cool sound out of it and b you'll learn how to use that setup really well Mm. so you kind of learn a lot about you know the the small amount of gear you have and how to use it Um, but same with like if you're in limited to a certain kind of genre or like your label wants you to stay in a lane as an artist um or you want to stay in a lane as an artist uh i think as a producer when people come to me with like uh kind of almost like rules, like they I don't want to do this, and I you know I want my record to be like this, and they like kind of have to put these limits on on what they want to be. I feel like it can be a good thing, especially for me. I feel like I uh have a way better understanding of where to go, and in some way, the more limits that an artist puts on me, the they can see where my job is.
0: E mm, interesting. Because, so you're saying, you know, limits help you learn more. If you have this box, you can kind of learn every edge and every corner and what the walls look like and how tall the ceilings are, you know?
1: Yeah, you can master that rather than like being, trying to master everything all at once, you know? Right. And
0: have your limits changed over time? Like, has it always been the same type of limits? Um, Yeah. How how have they changed?
1: I think they... Grow as you grow, even just in the sense like as you get better, you're able to do more things, so your limit kind of expands. Right? That doesn't mean that you s- don't have limits anymore. You know, you just kind of have a right limits.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So it's like limits as this sort of boundary of your knowledge, even. There's a kind of, there's, I guess, two limits here. There's the limits of like, how much you actually know and are capable of doing. And then limits of, I know this much, but I'm only working with this much intentionally. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of saying both. Yeah. Uh, But but kind of, as you expand the outer rim, the, or the, yeah, the outer rim, the inner rim expands as well with it.
1: Yeah. Exactly. If somebody comes to me, like, I want my record to sound like it was made in 1960, like in some ways it's limiting, but in another way, I'm like, oh, well like these 200 other things that I thought maybe we could try, like I don't have to worry about those anymore. And like immediately I can just focus on like one thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, um, that focus on one thing definitely helps. It speeds things up and it allows you sort of that, I don't believe there's any perfect anything, but it allows you to like get closer to kind of realizing an idea rather than sort of wrap idea. your head around it <laughs> yeah exactly um have limits worked the other way where they've kind of stifled you in any bit or with other artists
1: uh not so much i feel like limits stifle you on like business side of stuff and like Beans. you know where you are in career or like and maybe you're creatively there, but you're, you don't have the network of people or the team behind you, you know? Mm.
0: So that's more that, like, we're talking skills versus sort of these imposed limitations. This is sort of like, things you can't necessarily control. Yeah. um, That are actually like the wall that you're hitting into.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: And What has been the method of sort of navigating through that for
2: you? Persistence. (laughs) really.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And, uh, yeah, just, I just try to really, um, find people that can take care of that for me and it took a long time, uh, and just in the meantime, keep my head down and just work on my craft.
0: Right, so this idea of delegation, um I have collaboration on here. I kind of want to switch to that topic because I think they're related. This idea of delegation and collaboration. um what has your
2: relationship with both of those words looked like over time? I feel like it helps. I, I'm somebody who
1: does really well on like I can do a lot of things as a producer and Uh, if the more somebody tells me exactly what they want, like whether it's a label or a publisher or an artist or whoever, the better I can do do my job. And, um, and I look at like feedback from labels and stuff. We can bring feedback in here too. Uh, I kind of look at feedback as as collaboration too. I feel like, especially I work a lot on records, my, own, myself, I'm playing everything and producing. And so when I get feedback from artists or labels, it kind of helps me a lot because sometimes I'm very, uh, I don't have as good of perspective at that point because I've just, I've made this thing, you know, right. and I gotta yeah. kind of have somebody be like, oh, this is great. Try this, this, that, and immediately I'm like, oh yeah. You know, is this good or is this not like, you know, I find that uh, collaborating with people or or getting feedback with people uh, can help solidify that, like almost 100% of the time, all of the things that you're worried about, like nobody ever mentions. (laughs) Right. You know?
0: Yeah, it's interesting how collaboration, what you're saying here is like, well, one thing is that the clearer someone describes what it is that they want, the easier the collaborative process is. Because then you kind of know where to slot in and how to shape what they're what they're looking for.
1: Yeah, and you create your own language with them and it's and it just becomes a lot easier and more uh,
2: second major. Mm. Okay. I want to dig
0: into language at some point, so hold that thought. I'm putting um, all the words into one comment. Yeah, you're like, I'm just gonna wrap this up real quick. So <laughs> <laughs> in one sentence. Um, well, you know, it's it's funny because all these topics definitely intersect and they overlap. I like teasing them apart individually, but also hearing how they, they relate. Um, so I like what you said is feedback is collaboration too. Like feedback is sort of in a way the, I mean, that's where collaboration is at work uh, when you're getting feedback. It's where the collaborative members are interacting. Um, I was thinking about this metaphor yesterday of this, like, this sort of energy, this line of energy is kind of erratic, right? And like, when you ask someone like a question and they answer yes or no, or something, or no, that's a little off, or yes, that's closer, it starts to like steady, like you get this steady signal over time and it it only comes through feedback and sort of like pushing against the boundaries of this erratic, uh, frequency, I, I kind of... I feel like feedback is an interesting topic because we sometimes resist it for fear that it's like a value judgment, but then at the same time, it's so valuable. Do you like kind of know when that that
1: happens? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm always glad when I get the feedback, but when I like ask for it and, and I'm waiting for it, I'm like, I hate that, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting part. The anticipation of the feedback is the yeah. part. Yeah. I and
1: mean, then as soon as you get it, you're like, oh, it's so glad I got this. Right. It happens every
0: time I send a contract out. I'm like, yeah, "Totally, uh, is it going to happen? What's going on? I don't know. It's like there's this like holding pattern and that's feedback in itself. They sign it. That's good feedback. Um, okay. But it's like that pending area <laughs> is definitely the worst. Um, I feel like a lot of Things happen in that moment. Like, if you could zoom into what happens for you, like, <laughs> feedback. what's going on? What's going on there?
1: uh You mean while you're waiting for feedback? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh I always imagine, like, and this is what I tell myself, like, you're always like thinking, well, they haven't responded in like a day or like, you know, and you come up with these things, you're like, oh, but they don't like it. They're pacing around. And then I, I'm always, there's always a voice in my head that's probably like, that, that's like they're probably just like what if they're like camping or like you know what I mean like like it's just a normal you always think I find that like your self-consciousness always thinks like you're uh everybody's thinking about you all the time right you know and like oh yeah you know, but people have their own lives and I think that's kind of what I hold on to is when I start like being like, oh, I haven't responded. I just, am like, there's like a million reasons why they easily couldn't have responded. Like, And I look at like my own day where I'm like, if they had texted me this last night, I would have, you know, done the things that I would have done and I wouldn't even got a chance to listen to it till like the next day.
0: Right. I would have been at this moment of like, oh, cool, I got the thing and then not thought about it. <laughs> like a million other things would <laughs> um, I, I heard from someone a very long time ago and it always stuck with me. Is like, If there's something that bothers you about someone else, like, where are you doing this in your own life? And I feel like any time with feedback where it's like, um, or any sort of response that you're waiting back for that, that in between time, I'm like, wait, have I done that? Like in my own life, like, am I doing that right now? And I'll like check my messages. I'm like, oh shit, there's like three people I forgot to respond to. And it's like, I didn't do that intentionally. But yet, like what is happening to us, we're like, all right, like clearly they're just looking at my message. Being yeah, like,
1: clearly I've done something wrong. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so true. Um, but I like that, that phase, that distinction of like, it's not just giving, getting feedback, but there's like that waiting for, which is like yeah, probably why people don't ask for feedback as much because like that phase sucks.
1: Totally. Especially sometimes you want quick feedback from somebody, you know, you're like, hey, what do you think of this? I got to hand it in today. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then you don't hear back and you like, ah, right. right. Do I hand it in? <laughs>
0: yeah. Is it good? Is it bad? What is good and bad? It's hard to, hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's a good point. You know, getting feedback, like when you get it, it's always really great. Yeah. Even if it's like not good, like even if it's like delivered only.
1: In some way, you're like, oh, now I know what's wrong with it. And I can just fix it and it's not a big deal. (laughs) Right. Rather than just being like, what is wrong? I don't know. Yes. Um,
0: And also you you mentioned the word language before and it's like feedback kind of starts that uh, process of building language together. Because if they just say like, yeah, I think that's like not that good or like it's too far from what I'm thinking where maybe initially they said, I want it to sound like, Cool, and then you give them something you think is cool, and they're like, "Oh, that's like a little bit more this instead of that." And You're like, "Oh, that's actually what they meant." And now, like, yeah. you're kind of getting, you're building language together. Yeah, exactly. Great. Okay, I said it for you then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> building language,
0: <laughs> building. Le- well, let's talk about language then. I mean, you. So, I was excited to talk to you specifically because, as a producer, you're working with tons of different artists, like people that are. Cool you know, um, folk singers to like rappers, everything in between, um, if that's spectrum of of artistry, <laughs> sure. Um, then like, you know, there's all different types of artists, different configurations of groups, different power dynamics. Um, so to me, collaboration was an interesting topic because I'm wondering how do you even handle that amount of collaboration? Like how do you set yourself up for, all these different kinds of collaborations. Is there anything you do before the collaboration even starts?
1: I definitely, uh, put my mindset in, like, I listen to all those types of music regularly, but in my regular life, it's very shuffled. Right. Uh, but if I know I'm doing a country record next week, I'm like going to purposely, when I'm in the car, if I'm going to listen to music, it's going to be country music. I'm gonna. Like, mm get in that world um and it's not like i have to rediscover it like i have all these songs in my library I, like i said i listen to all this types of music um it's just about like kind of focusing in on uh what i'm working on yeah i like jump around a lot so
0: when you're getting into that space like what is the utility of it why not listen to something completely different Or no music. I do. Yeah.
1: But uh, because usually, especially now, I find like nobody's coming to me being like, I just want a country record or like, I just Mm want to. It's it's like always like, I want to do a pop record, but it's kind of like, you know, then they named some like old 80s bands or like some, you know, so it's always got like a twist. So I'm always kind of, uh, and and I guess at some point I kind of decide if it's going to lean more, one way or the other, and and like, is it going to be 2021 pop with like a touch of eighties, or is it going to be like super hardcore eighties with a touch of twenty twenty one pop, uh, and so at some point I decided that, so I, I do listen to different things and I do like what, especially when I'm mixing, obviously I'll check you know, the top 10 songs or whatever it is. And, and they're all different genres or whatever, and just right. kind of breeze through in terms of that. But yeah, I try to get into the world of whatever I'm doing, especially if an artist gives me like records or artists they really like, because i mm-hmm. mine, like through that, I can figure out what they think is cool. Right. Um, and like, like people, it's a bit less guessing for me when I'm working, it kind of be like, "Whoa!" even though they sent me three records with, you know, and they're all different genres, like they all had a ton of reverb on the vocal. So I know that it's safe to say I can put a ton of reverb on the vocal (laughs) because they probably think that's cool.
0: Right. Got it. And, you know, it's interesting what you said. um, Christian and I, uh, Christian's the co-writer of the future book, um, and that I'm working on and that all these interviews are going to be a part of, Um, we've been talking about this idea of sort of um, spectrums that exist in creativity. And you were just, you identified one, kind of like this tonal spectrum of like, what you're trying to do is dial in where along these two poles are, um, is the artist or where where do they wanna go? And so kind of building up both sides of things, listening to a lot of country and a lot of hip hop, if they wanna fuse those two, kind of going to both ends to see where they're they sort of want to dial. Is that accurate explanation?
2: Definitely. So,
0: So we talked about preparing for collaboration, sort of getting into their world, listening to as much as you can in the genres that they're interested in, seeing so that you can kind of calibrate tonally where your collaborator is, um, let's say you're working with a lot of different people. How does that collaboration work in the moment? So after you've prepared for it, sort of during that moment, um, what does that look like?
1: Working with different people, is a different artist, or like? Yeah.
0: I mean, I could be an artist. Maybe they have a team of people that are always with them or or influencing the project.
1: You know, great thing. And like, if I'm working with a bunch of different ones back to back, how do I do that? Yeah. Or even, even zooming into one
0: artist that has a lot of people on, like, working in the studio with you.
1: I try to, like, a band or, like, just sure. like 15? team. Is a band, like, you fi- you figure out, the, after you get to know them, you know, like, their roles within the band. Mm. Do they decide things equally? Is there one guy that's, like, the guy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh and you kind of also i kind of identify what they're good at and where i can highlight them and make them all feel like they're part of it Mm -hmm. um and yeah i've been in situations with like uh like boy bands or or girl bands or where uh where it's like more of the pop side and they all have very different uh influences yeah and you have to find a way to kind of marry them all into one or or do like five songs and make sure that so and so has a song and so you know interesting and and you know they all like all of them, but maybe like this is this person's moment and this is this person's moment and and kind of balance the spectrum
0: yeah, so similar to that calibration but doing that per song or for Alp, like, for, is some are some songs leaning here, some leaning there. Yeah, interesting. Um, and this idea of kind of identifying the unspoken roles that they've set up mm-hmm. um, for themselves. Yeah, maybe they didn't bring it up. But you can kind of sense it. Sense where? Uh, what What kind of things are you looking for uh, when doing that? I mean,
1: de- like, definitely sometimes. It's a team in the sense of, not that it's not a team the other way, but in the sense of like, they all discuss together whether they want this or that, or, you know, like this or like that, and they decide it's one or right. sometimes it's like one guy kind of leads a little bit more. And sometimes the other guys will just kind of look to the other guy, like, what do you want to do? Right. <laughs> Um, and I was in it, like all those different scenarios. Um, but even in, in terms of like looking for stuff, I feel like, other than who's like delegating things, um, it's more like everybody in the band isn't usually amazing at everything, right? You know? And yeah. so, and n- not everybody knows that, <laughs> you know. And so I think there's a way to just kind of within yourself as a producer, uh, identify that quietly and be like, find the, the beauty in each person in the band and be like, wow, that person's really, I saw them picking up that weird instrument earlier today and it was the drummer and, you know, that was actually really cool. We should get him to do something on that and, you know. And noting like, oh, these two guys are really good at singing. They should sing the background vocals, and, mm. you know, and also noticing like, oh, this guy has a really good sense of like arrangement or, uh, kind writing or melody. And so, uh, the more you kind of listen to that and hone that, the more I feel like it'll be their record. Mm. Yeah,
0: definitely. So. Kind of giving them the space to be them starting to do the work and getting a sense of where people are are gravitating towards if they're if they're uh very collaborative as a group or if they're kind of isolated as a group but each one of them sort of has a specific thing that they're really good at mm-hmm. weaving that together um are there i'm wondering uh for the dynamic where everyone's making the decision versus like one person's making the, the decision how does that collaboration change and how do you fit into that
1: uh it can change in some sense where it's more difficult because sometimes they have a disagreement and then you have to somehow resolve it mm-hmm. you know or one person does what they want mm-hmm. um and also like i said before like if they have different influences or a different idea of what they want the song to be or the band to be that can be difficult right um and you kind of have to hope and hope that you can figure out like a happy medium where everybody feels like it's what they want
0: right um which is the the Continual challenge, I would say, obviously, of, of any sort of collaboration. Um, yeah. Are there things you do earlier on to kind of avoid those things happening down the line, or things you're looking for, or?
1: Uh, I definitely like will research people I work with before and go on their social medias and like a figure out their personalities and b. You know, if there's videos of them playing things, like I kind of get a sense of who plays what, mm-hmm. who's good at doing what, who usually, you know, when they do a show, who's doing what and and who's where they've kind of delegated the the roles for each person. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like and, how and it's and maybe better. I'll set up like in the studio like stations for people where it's like I know the bass player plays synths and stuff live. So maybe I make like a little setup where he has his base, but there's also a bunch of synths there. And so when they walk in, it's, it's in a way that they're used to collaborating, you know, and working in. Right.
0: So uh, one, I've always admired how you do this research before working with artists that you don't just dive in and sort of figure it out, but you're like, you're going in with some information, uh, yeah. way using that,
1: yeah, cause I, don't, I don't ever make like beats or anything like that. So, mm. uh, so I just make stuff on the spot with people and, and so ha- doing my research, like helps that a lot, you know, otherwise, mm-hmm. like, I'm really like, oh, hi, my name's Matt. 10 minutes later, I'm writing your album, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I gotta like at least know, uh, have some background for myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, uh, where they go. And then when I'm like doing things live, they can give me direct feedback and and I can pare it down that way, you know? But at least I have like a ballpark of where to start. Like, if right, they love 80s, I don't want to come in with like a country, Western, rare. <laughs> you know? Right, like, yeah. So what do you want to do? They're like, pause. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd be like, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is like on a synth
0: or something, you know? Right, right. Um, so in a way, you're kind of set, like you're doing the research to then identify limits uh, to kind of shape the environments. Nice. Well, do the best work. Definitely. Collaborate. Well, how you, just, how you just did that. Yeah. <laughs> language,
1: feedback. Yeah, you forgot the feedback though. And then when they're well, in the room. Yes. Well, so when they're the room. Collaborative feedback <laughs> and develop our own language. Well, that but
0: it, you did actually say the word language and feedback. So, uh you you said feedback in terms of like now when they're in the room and they're giving me feedback on something, like it yeah. kind of makes feedback better if they're in yeah. an environment feel safe, you understand where they're coming from
1: already yeah. and, and I've started in a place where they like are like, "Oh, okay, this could be like a good, this could be a good session" rather than me like starting something way off and even if I Kind of understand what they're doing 10 minutes later and it's fine. They didn't have that initial, like the first thing I played, they're like, oh, okay, this is going to be cool. I find that when people yeah. are more positive about things, they, they give feedback and it's like, it's like, oh yeah, and try this. What if we try, you know, rather than like, oh yeah. uh, maybe we should try doing something else or like, you know, <laughs> right.
0: That's that's a really good distinction of feedback because there's, like, the excited version of feedback where it's more play-based. It's yeah. more experimental, more, like, what can be done instead of, like, I'm tearing down this building that this person just set up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, really scary, like, one piece at a time. That uh, environment, the creation of a sort of that safe space, that environment, that... Uh, under shared understanding allows for them to be able to, see, to give feedback. Uh, and or, as we said earlier, feedback is sort of out uh, of
2: towards developing shared language. So that's how things kind of connect. Yeah, Cool. Very cool. Um,
0: I want to talk about. Business savviness from a creative point of view. You mentioned, like we talked about limits earlier. You said, you know, there's the imposed limits. There's limits of your actual skill level, and then there's the limits of just where the business is and where it can be in whatever, uh, or actually where it is. So, how has your thinking about business changed over the years? Has it changed over the years? Um, I know that, like. And we've spoken about your family. I know your dad's like definitely a business person. Um, you've spoken about many business related things, but I'm wondering how your relationship with business and creativity together um, has developed over time.
2: I mean, I,
1: started far as the business side is like the, the publisher feedback managers, you know, um, relationship and i feel like
2: that i've kind of
1: got a better perspective on and i deal with that a lot it's it's more the the other side of it you know where some people say the suits uh it's like the behind the scenes business you know where i i think it it can be very frustrating and I feel like you're there's almost like a, uh like a gateway right where where creators talk to ARs and managers and then those people talk to the 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 head people, right? And and I feel like there's a lot of stuff that goes on in between there that we're unaware of that if we had a better understanding up, it would, it would make a lot more sense for us. Right. And, uh, and I think, um, I just try to focus on the creative feedback kind of business side of it and selectively make good choices of who I work with and know that they, uh, and trust that they kind of are handling the other side of it. I think if you try to, especially as a creator, if you try to get too wrapped up in the business side of stuff, it's like, it kills your creativity (laughs) and it's just super emotional and you know, it's just like, yeah, I just prefer to, to let them handle that kind of stuff. Definitely. Um,
0: So you found in terms of the business savviness is more about delegation than anything is there's a sure. a piece that you're responsible for, which is the creative feedback from yeah. the sort of client, someone that's paying you. But then no. there's the work and building relationships and that kind of thing that takes a lot of work, effort, takes away from the creativity that you'd rather put someone who is sort of primed to do that, uh, likes doing that, is better at doing that so that you could focus on the things you're good at.
1: Yeah and I feel like the business savviness comes from knowing who those people are mm. you know and or knowing enough to know who those people are
0: um could you zoom into that for a second how do you know how do you develop
1: I think that? it's really just trial and error I mean every I feel like everybody in the music industry can tell you a million horror stories about not getting paid and working with people that ripped them off or stole money or you know yeah. managers who lied and just like the list goes on and right. i feel like you learned through that and you also have you know positive uh interactions and relationships with people throughout the years and you kind of at some point develop a pretty good radar of, of who to work with and who not to you know right
0: and how Where you're at now in your career, what are the things you're looking at when entering into sort of a business related
2: collaboration?
1: For the most part, it's like it's usually with people that I know I've known Mm -hmm. for a long time, Mm -hmm. um, and also somebody who I feel like brings something to the table that I don't, and
2: uh. Mm And vice versa.
1: Yeah. And I like that. Go yes. ahead. And just people who are like focused and some people have a lot going on, you know? And you meet with them and they're like all hyped up about stuff. And then you don't hear them for from them for like six months. You know? That's the people you, you are looking to work with? No, I'm just you, saying sometimes uh, you meet with people, right? And then you're like and, and you're like, Oh, maybe I'll be with this person and think about working with them or you know, whether it's like a publishing deal or whatever. And, right. and then you meet with them and they're like, Oh yeah, it's amazing, blah, blah blah and then like a year later you're like you don't even talk to that person and you're like, Wow, I'm so glad that I didn't go to the right. back road.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like those relationships are like flying really close to the sun, where it's like there's so much energy, but then it's like this thing's gonna be bust, uh, or they, get, they find new excitement somewhere else.
1: Yeah. And some people are great at doing that and they like, yeah, drive and like, you know, they can hype anything, <laughs> anyone into being hyped about anything.
0: <laughs> yes. Definitely on the business side of things, I think that's really useful, kind of painting yeah. that narrative and yeah. Um, you said something about choosing the person based on are they bringing something to the table that I don't have? Um, I like that because that speaks to one thing, which is you knowing what you're lacking in to find the people that, you know, or identify it's like, oh, I don't have that and being confident with what you don't do well. Yeah. You know what I Has that always been the case or is that? And how did you learn that or?
1: Um, I think it's, for the most part, has always been the case. I think it also comes from like, I don't want to do that, <laughs> you know, and this person <laughs> does and they're really yeah. good at it. So right. I think just naturally, that's kind of where it comes from. Mm. I love and that I right and now as an adult, I'm actually like, there's actually people that are better than that. And I definitely don't want, <laughs> want to spend my days doing that.
0: Yes. That's probably one of my most recent learnings where it really solidified recently of like, yeah. there are things that I just don't want to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my thirties. I'm realizing it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to do that.
0: Right. And and I think like when you get into creativity, it's like you want to try everything because it's like exciting and everything's very generative and you don't Mm -hmm. know. Then you learn about a lot of stuff and there's this kind of like cross intersection points. I don't know what the word is, but like there's a point where you're like, okay, I know all this stuff and I know it needs to be done, but like I really only like doing this little piece. And then it's this relationship for me anyway with like, is this being lazy because I'm not doing all this stuff? Or like, is it actually being really smart because other people, like you said, who want to do that part are now doing that part?
1: Yeah. Have you had a similar kind of uh, struggle? And I had a struggle, like, too, because I have, I'm have i like a, a perfectionist and, and I have a hard time, like, letting go of yeah. things and delegating, like can you tune this vocal to like an assistant or something? Right. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, what if it's not right, I'm exactly right. I'm just going to have to go through it again and tune it. So I might as well, like, just do it now. And there's the a time me worrying about it, I could just be done. and tune Right. It. Right. Um, but I think also the more work you get, the more like you're like, okay, this is one thing for me to say that about like this one song. But if I got to do that 50 times a week or something, you know, right. That At some point, it's like, I, I am not spending three days of my week tuning vocals. <laughs> and it, it speaks to this idea of like, where are you most
0: valuable? Like, maybe you're good at tuning, vo- maybe you're great at tuning vocals, but you don't like it. It's like, are you more valuable there? Like, would, do you want to be a vocal tuner? <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly be more valuable, you know, doing the research on the artist, setting up the environment, making them comfortable. And, uh, you know, maybe... One one little nuance of a vocal that you might have picked out, no one else notices, and it's totally fine. But um, you know, you save the time kind of having to think about it.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, I nuances in vocals, I would fix that. I can't, <laughs> but but also, I guess you know, you you uh, you kind of train the person that you delegate to. Um, yeah,
0: delegation, man. That's definitely been a thing. And I, it's difficult because you have to get enough work to be able to delegate, but then you also have to get like psychologically in the place where you can delegate. It's sort of a two part thing. Um, and I know like playing in bands, it's natural that you're delegating, you're not playing drums and bass and guitar and singing. Like you're most likely have chosen a role. And I know you grew up playing music in bands and I did as well. And so like, that was sort of my earliest delegation experience. Um, on the business, what is that what what did that experience look like for you? Early delegation?
2: Um. Um, it was really just Finding people. It was like
1: i had I have a lawyer that's really good that I had when uh, when I was a artist, and I was like sixteen. um and. They're in Nashville and I had a couple lawyers in between that at some point when I stopped being an artist and I was a producer, I had a couple lawyers in LA. And then I eventually came full circle and, uh, went back to that lawyer. Mm. And, and like I said before, now it's somebody like I've worked with for like 15 years. <laughs> wow. So I have like a relationship with those, that, that, that company. I didn't know, you know, 15 years of their track record. In my books, right. In terms of like, are they trustworthy? You know, um, and uh, yeah, and still, I don't have a manager, so I just manage everything still, um, me. and kind of deal with my schedule. And still, with my publisher, I, I've I've met with so many publishers for so long, and held off, and I just never felt like anybody got me you know, like all the things that we talked about when we did, you know, the whole like, digital read sign thing. Um, and I just felt like nobody got it enough to to really like help launch it. And then uh, and I ended up signing a publishing deal with a producer that produced me when I was an artist when I was like 17 or something. And yes. like, again, somebody I, <laughs> I worked with for like, I've known for 15 years, you know, and it kind of came full circle. And I tried a bunch of stuff out in between that. Uh, But that's how it's all, it seems to be working for me.
0: Yeah. These long-term relationships are sort of playing, paying off, I guess you could say. I don't really like to say that about relationships. They're, They're coming full circle. And, you know, that to me speaks to a lot of things, but in terms of collaboration and in terms of business savviness, I feel like it's often overlooked, but these relationships that you're building, the long ones, tend to have the most uh, benefit in so many different ways, not just business, but also life and personal, you know, personal things. Um, You said the word trustworthy. Um, And then I was just thinking about how that word means like worthy of trust, like they are worthy, of, like Like you're bestowing it upon them. <laughs> um, what about those people made you uh, feel like they're worthy of bestowing trust upon them?
1: Well, initially, we had a uh, with with both people. Initially, I worked with them as an artist. E. And I worked with a lot of people after them. E. And had a lot of different experiences. And after like 15 years of perspective of working with them and other people, you, uh, especially as a young artist when I was like 16, and now I'm like a a 32-year-old producer. And like, I'm almost like on the other side of it now and have this very different perspective where I'm doing, you know, I'm producing people now, whereas before I was the artist, And so I find it gave me a really good perspective of like, wow, this guy really like (laughs) kind of ripped me off back then. And like, this guy was awesome, you know, and you can kind of like go back through your career as now me as a producer and put myself in their shoes and kind of be like, what was the situation for them? And, and like, oh, wow, they did a really good job of like, of like, you know, doing that or. They didn't. And also kind of taking consideration on how I felt as an artist after working with them. Right. Because um, especially when you're young, you know, you're very like, sometimes it's not the greatest experience, but the person you're working with, it's like the guy that did this, yeah. you know? So you're like, it's going to be good. And you so like, you know, and then 30 years later, 15 years later, you don't, you don't give a shit what that person right. did. And you just remember like, I didn't like doing that.
0: I love that. So many times I hear, yeah, this is
1: like a lawyer
0: or, or accountant or something like worked with Justin Bieber. I don't know. And like it's like, Well you're not gonna be Justin Bieber because your, your accountant
1: worked with him. <laughs> you know, like, and you also know how now now I know how much that is stretched, you know? <laughs> it's like it's like you did like a thing, like a like a commercial that Justin Bieber had a guest appearance in. You know what I mean? If now it's like, I work with Justin Bieber.
0: Yeah, all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: You never spoke to him. Yeah, I mean, I guess what it is is like, okay, if that person is that you trust is now associati- associating themselves with another person that you trust or don't know or you're trying to build trust with, that's a great way of sort of building trust quick is like, trust that person okay uh, they're vouching for this person
1: yeah yeah but i think they they uh they they can let people you know in the in the through the gates a little earlier if you're like a friend of a friend
0: (laughs) yeah that versus like you know i don't know justin bieber if someone said an accountant was working with him i I might be like, okay, if he trusts him, then I trust him. But like, you still need to vet, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's not enough. I don't know Bieber. Like, maybe he doesn't give a shit about his money. Like, you know, like, you don't know. Um, And I think to your point, that's what like that uh, was almost 15 years of perspective gives you is that you're seeing like sort of these subtle lies or these cracks in the facade and where someone may have treated you poorly and you didn't even know they were treating you poorly until Mm -hmm. you saw like how you might do it or how it could be done differently. Mm
2: -hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, there's this whole thing about experience and what is it like, I, I was thinking about what does it mean to be a young creative? Um, what is different from being a creative who's been creating for years and working through the business side of things and all of the things we've been talking about today, feedback and collaboration. And one of the things that I really felt was a big difference is exactly what we just talked about, is this discernment over time. Um, sort of seeing like, because it's going to look different for every industry, but like, being able to have a better understanding of what collaboration looks like or, or what, um, you know, finding an accountant looks like or your relationship with perfectionism. Like these things start to balance and dial out over time. And I don't think it's necessarily like, it, those aren't a value judgment of how well they can make a piece of art. But they're like everything that goes into the art, which might affect how you like working with them or not. Um. I had a question here. I see creative potential as a topic, and I'm wondering, you know, when you're about to work with an artist, like, what sets certain ones apart for you? Like where you're like, this is, I just know this is going to be a great experience, or it ends up being an excellent experience. What sets Sometimes them?
1: Sometimes I'll get demos from people, from artists, really. and
2: there's always like two kinds, one where it's like these super, uh,
1: roughed out things on like, uh, if they're just like really bad demos of like, you know, throwing together pop music, somebody did and, and the, and the girl singing on it or whatever. And it's super tuned and there's just no like soul with musicality in it or anything to kind of grasp on and they're like, Oh, it's your sign to Columbia and blah you know, and like have this whole thing, right? About 40 million followers on Instagram. <laughs> and and uh and sometimes you get like these people that will just send you like a voice note. You know, and it's like them playing guitar or something at three in the morning and singing this song that they wrote and it's like they're mumbling practically or like can't even hear it that well they're out of tune and like it's so cool (laughs) you know and you're like i kind of like people are listening to this and they think it sucks and they probably don't hear what could be cool but i feel like i hear so much more cool possibilities when i hear stuff like that than when i hear a suit like somebody trying to be perfect right i feel like the more perfect People try to be the less themselves they are, yeah. the less cool it is and interesting. And I feel like the more I've been starting to like really try not to tune vocals, dare I say, even in like pop music, um, because I've started to like just notice how much it, when you're working with somebody who can, is capable of doing that. Uh, and they don't have to be like the most incredible singer. You just do the right thing to get the right, like emotion and and not make it completely out of tune, you know, uh, and it's so much better. And I've, and I've been in instances where I've like gone through the motion of just like, okay, we did vocals and I'm going to tune them and I tune them and then it sounds like crap. Right. And then I take off the tuning and I'm like, oh my God, that sounds great. I'm just leaving that. Um, and so I'm really like learning that people's perfections are really what makes them cool mm-hmm. and in some ways, it's like their natural limits of themselves, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is like a limit that they've had since birth. And that's what they've been creating in their whole lives, right? So mm-hmm. To kind of recognize that and know how to utilize that. <laughs> I think it's cool.
0: That's a great point.
1: And and when they're like, yeah, when they're just like basic demos and just super stripped out, I feel like you can imagine more about like what you should do production-wise and where it could go. when it's just like this cookie cutter like karaoke sounding <laughs> backing track. You know? You're like, and even if they're like, don't ignore you know, the progress for the the production and just do whatever, you know? You can already yeah. tell like the whole process of them even writing this and making this was like very, we're writing a pop song and it's going to be. Right,
0: right. They're already on this path of like perfection. Whereas yeah, to try to write a pop song instead of a, a song for that artist. Right, Which right. May or may not be not A good or bad song, it's just that song
1: that's pop. Yeah. Or sounds pop. Um, yeah. I think funny guys. Back in the day, God. technology like stopped, uh, you, you couldn't perfect people. So I feel like people had a innate ability to recognize uh, or not recognize people's imperfections. And yeah. that's kind of what made it cool. It wasn't like <laughs> Cranberries record or something like she's not in tune all the time, but like, it's so perfect. It's amazing. Like perfect. Right. You know? like I, and, and then I think people tuned everything and, and labels and especially like just non creative people got very used to hearing things like perfect and when e- it's not, they think it's not, you know, for as, bad as it was and, and, uh, I think it's starting to get a little better, but, um, but yeah, I think it's a bit it, like recognizing people's imperfections and, and the weird. <laughs> Kind of projects that I get, and people that send me like just ideas that they had at 3 a.m. and they're like themselves on piano or something. It's just so much more them and right. And
0: you're able, it's kind of allowing collaboration by giving you something that's as much them and as vulnerable as possible and as open as possible to interpretation. It's just showing, it's sort of like an expression of emotion with a little bit of song instead of a whole lot of song and and no emotion. And then you don't, as a producer, you don't know how to kind of expand upon that emotion because there
1: isn't. You hear the person's personality in it. So you kind of, I feel like you just really understand, like, I don't know. I, 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 when I hear people's demos and stuff like that, I like, I note something about my brain, you know, their, the way they go out of tune, you know? And I'm like, is that cool? Because mm-hmm. maybe that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that like the new rat? Yeah, know, it's like. They may, have, if they may have made a mistake in the second verse and they're just a voice note, right? And like played a wrong chord, and I'm like, maybe that's cool. Or like, maybe it's a different wrong chord, but, but doing something weird there is cool, or, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The imperfections also, I feel like, give you, like, happy accidents in that sense, right? Right. Whereas if you're, like, kind of striving for no
0: imperfections from the start, yeah. you're not going to up with as many of those happy accidents. And then you yeah, kind of lose
1: that. If it's like a one-bar guitar loop that somebody perfected and then just copy and paste it, like, that's what it's going to you for four minutes while the person sings. But if this person played guitar while they sing it and it's, like, a full four-minute take, like there could be something at three minutes and 30 seconds where they like didn't hit a string or something and you're like, oh my God, you should do that every time. Right, right. Oh, here we
0: go. Here's Christian. How can we make the process bring out the personality of the artist instead of slowly filtering out that which makes them original in the first place?
1: I think just ignore what other people do. I think a lot of people like, start creating and they listen to other people's songs and then they'll be like i want to write a song like this song and they're like maybe make a drum beat like that or like you know and and try to use that as a launching point and i feel like sometimes that that uh limits you and it's hard to do by yourself i feel like if you if you're in a room with somebody who can like watch you do your thing or like if you're some people aren't like are never gonna be that vulnerable where they're gonna be able to do their thing while somebody's watching. So maybe just uh, record a voice note or something and send it. Um, I feel like that and listening to older records that were not able, they weren't able to perfect everything, you know, like the Cranberries or whoever, you know, where it's like those those records had so much personality. And I think, I think I struggled a lot as an artist because everybody would always say, like, what do you, what do you have to say? Like, if you're an artist, you have to, you know, or like, who are you? Or like, what they, they would ask these weird questions and I would never know how to answer them. (laughs) And, and I feel like there isn't really like an answer to those questions. You just like, the more that you worry about those questions, the less yourself you are. And if you just, I watch some people like, Artists like Youngblood, you know, that artist Youngblood? Of course. Like, you, that's somebody that just fucking does his thing and doesn't give a shit what anybody says. And it's fucking amazing, you know? <laughs> and and I feel like people just need to tap into that and and mm-hmm. stop worrying about what people think. And even like myself as an as a, I look back on myself as an artist and just like, immediately now I have this perspective of like, I just wasn't capable of being as vulnerable as I needed to be to just do what I, I needed to do yeah. and let myself sing out of tune and let myself do whatever. And, and had I embraced that fully, I think it, maybe I, I could maybe still been an artist, I don't know, but um that was definitely a limit for, like a, a bad limit for me to myself, where, uh, yeah, I was just not able to, and anytime you watch one of those incredible artists, you just like, they just go up and they just sing, you know? There's <laughs> things in your life. How the fuck did they just do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs>
0: you know? It's interesting, like, this idea of the perfection we're talking about, like this like pop singer or new pop singer perfection versus like a performance that's captivating. Those usually aren't the same. I don't think they've ever really been the same for me anyway. It's like you see an artist and yeah, they mess up a little and your brain just totally skips over it because there's so much more behind it. It's not just like, oh wow, they hit like every single kick drum at the, perfect time and like the band playing perfectly like there's something to be said about that um but it doesn't always translate to like a really captivating experience um totally yeah so i totally agree but i i think to your point and to answer christian's question um he's asking how do you bring it out of an artist who isn't bringing it
1: you okay, uh, well, I'm like space. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To all of the things that people say. Um, I think like if you can empower them somehow in the sense of like. um, Be encouraging when you're doing it and. uh, Really like get into the records that they're into and. um, Really try to figure out where they're coming from and make them feel like. They can do whatever, and 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 almost like create a uh, a place where where they they know that they're going to. We all know that you're going to sing sing ten things right now, and nine of them are probably going to be really shitty, and none of us are going to say anything about it because we all aren't even like it's shitty. We're not even going to listen to it. We're just like, oh, what about something else? And then at some point you sing something incredible or something, and we're like, that's it. Right? You know? It happens all the time when I do vocals with singers where they're like. So many times a singer will do like the most unbelievable take ever, and then those, it'll, I'll, you know, I'll stop and, and they'll be like, huh, that was, I gotta redo the ball. <laughs> it'll be like, that was fucking incredible. And they're just so unaware and so worried about everything else. Yes. That, that they don't even recognize. And then sometimes they'll come, once, you know, they come out of the booth and they like listen to speakers, they'll like, oh shit. Um, or I just don't even tell them and I like, I color that one differently <laughs> or something. And it's like, I put it in a comp and when I send it to them and they have no idea and they're just like, Oh, that's a paper." <laughs>
0: wow. You count my vocals so well. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, well, I think to answer his question from what you're saying is like, part of that is working with other people who yeah. can recognize what you're bringing without you needing to really think about it. Like they're kind of putting your performance, um, out there for you. we were talking about delegation, like, you can't always be the one that decides whether your take was good or not. Sometimes someone else needs to do that. Yes. Um, and I think that's, you know, as a producer, that's definitely your role. And then this idea you mentioned of encouraging iteration, like encouraging the imperfection. Um, I'm wondering how you go about that personally. That's a, it's a very selfish question because uh, like working with people that really like to like really have perfect takes and every, that needs to be perfect the first time or it's unlistenable and whatever, like how do you kind of navigate that where there's just such a discomfort to um, not hearing something back perfectly instead of pursuing more iteration? Like where do you dial in iteration? You know, like.
1: I think uh, if they want it to be perfect, I think that, people's idea of perfect is a lot more perfect than they think perfect (laughs) you know what I mean and and I think if if an artist is really concerned about things being perfect I just ensure them that it will be and they're going to get a bounce before anybody else hears it right and and so they can decide before anybody hears anything and and if there are like imperfections that I think are really good I nine times out of ten I just note those myself. And, uh, when I put the final thing together, I put those in and nine times out of 10, they they think it's perfect. Right. And had I, had I done what they think was perfect at the time, it would have been very like cookie cutter and, and, uh, have less, you know, emotion in it. Um, yeah. And sometimes not, but I, And that's why, like, I don't like to, if people are just super cautious about it being perfect, I think the more that you mention imperfections, even if you're like, that's going to be really cool, then they stress out about it. And they are like, Ryan wants me to hold this note out, you know, and I'm flat the whole time and my record's going to sound awful.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: that's that's a great point you're kind of adding doubt where people if they're so on the end uh, at this end of the spectrum where they feel like everything needs to be perfect and you're adding like unnecessary yeah doubt yeah right or or it's not unnecessary but it becomes unproductive yeah like now they're just freaked out because they're like oh, no, is it all of it's going to sound bad? Like, are the drums <laughs> fucking awesome? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe they don't even understand. We just think, like, maybe I'm not even going to tune things or perfect things or, you know, even though I'm, like, well aware that that's what they want in to flipper. Right. And that's what I'll do.
0: Uh, Brian says, been totally guilty of pointing out a sweet imperfection to the artist. All they wanted from that point on. Oh, okay.
1: that could be <laughs> the worst. <laughs> yeah. Or or you pointed out, and they're incapable of doing it now because they're, like, trying to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. Right. And then they're overthinking it. It was just, like, this thing that they were doing every time, naturally, and now all of a sudden, when you try to focus in on it, they're like... <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, because it
0: immediately switches over to this, like, production and perfection mode where, yeah. like, that's not where artistry is, really. Yeah. Like... The producer the engineer should be in production and um perfection mode like in a way now that i'm thinking about this more it's like you should trust that their taste should lead to uh, a certain level of perfect and you should just fully embrace your artist side and like have an idea of what you think is good and what you like but know that like engineers are going to be worried about that anyway you know like if you guys align on taste and that's sort of to relate it back to your earlier point about finding the right people. Well, if you find the right collaborators and you, as an artist, you're assessing taste as one of those, um, attributes Then you should just trust, like they'll get there. Yeah. But it never happens. So speaking of deals, um, so forms of a creative life, uh, i don't know why i have this one i, I just added in i think well you've experienced two different forms right you've been artist now you're producer that's all you've ever done in your whole life that's it it's down <laughs> minif- to these two moments <laughs> um, but like people live totally different kinds of creative lives there's people that are just like nine to five and then they're going into to record there's people that are devoting their whole life to, to artistry everything in between um what have some forms of the creative experience have you seen and how does it affect uh the types of collaborations you're having if it does at all
1: um in terms of my own experience and then how i that informs
0: i yeah there's kind of two ways you could look at it yeah how does your experience having different create, creative lives affect it but also when you're working with people are is that something you're even digging into. I know like for you and I, when we were collaborating. It was about figuring out where did you come from? What was your path? How can I kind of help you get to that next stage when you're collaborating? Um, you know, is it important for you to know kind of how, where they're approaching creativity from uh, what their, how creativity fits into their life?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, some people are are like engulfed in it, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. somebody like that, where like, all I think about all the time when I'm not recording, I'm like online, looking for gear and like researching about old gear or like learning about gear I already have and how to use it. I'm just like always, it's my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, some artists are like that some are not. Some are like the whole thing is being the artist, which includes like Instagram and, and all of those things. Right. And music is just one of those things. And some people are like their whole life is all, all bad. Um, and so I've definitely noticed that. And, and I think another thing, uh, in terms of my own experience and when I work with people, um, I find my own experience as an artist comes in handy a lot, both creatively and like business side. Because, uh, like I've been on the other side of the glass in the booth, and I know, I know what what to say and what not to say to make people in- self conscious or not, or con- you know, uh, and. Um, and I know kind of business wise, how to handle things and what made, when I was an artist, you know, what made me uncomfortable or not, um, trust the person or think that they were ripping me off or, you know, I think it helps a lot in terms of how I communicate with people. And, um, and Yeah, it just gives me a perspective of kind of where they're coming from. And, and I was an artist, like my whole life growing up. So people that I work with are like in their early twenties or their teens. Right. So I was like an artist at their age, doing what they're doing. So it was very much like I was in their shoes at one point. Um, and yeah.
0: I'm interested to see uh, and expand upon more of that, like the different kinds of creative uh, or ways creative people are handling like their relationship with creativity. You're saying like, um, you know, some people are all day, every day. That's like the thing. Some people are like, I just want to do the artist thing. But are they turning that off ever? Are, are you seeing anything besides those two kind of trends of, of artists?
1: Um not really it's like it's like the people are and and it doesn't mean that they're like in it for fame they're just right. like their artistry is like um includes their instagram and their uh following count and their tiktok videos and their that right and so their daily uh what they delegate their time to during the day is like Instagram and TikTok, and they're not sitting and playing guitar for 16 hours a day. No. They're not like recording on logic for 10 hours a day, like insane until three in the morning, making demos and stuff. Like they're not doing right. that stuff. Uh, versus the other type of artist is, is very much doing that stuff, either at a basic level. Uh, recording demos and voice notes and learning instruments and stuff, or they've been doing it their whole lives and they're just like constantly doing it and they'll message me about gear and all that.
0: I'm very interested to see, like, does it make a difference? Which path do you choose of that? Do you
1: see maybe... It does in in terms of where you are as an artist. You know, if you're like, want to be Tatum Paula? You don't have to worry about it. Instagram, I don't think, you know? Right. But if you want to be Justin Bieber or Selena Gomez or somebody like that, like you do. Um, and I think it's very clear genre-wise, like people. I, I've i never met a, somebody who like wants to be Tame Impala who also wants to make TikTok videos all day. <laughs> you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't wait to see the day. It's coming.
1: Yeah, maybe like twenty thirty.
0: Yeah, twenty. Oh, I thought you were gonna say twenty thirty years from now. I'm like twenty thirty days from now. <laughs> um, cool. And the last part, uh last topic I want to talk about was the was the self. Obviously, you're with you all the time, and I sure am. Yeah. You- you go into the room and working, uh, you're bringing yourself, you're, you know, like how has your relationship with yourself changed over time and how has that affected your creative process? I'm saving the juiciest for last, so.
1: A juicy one. Let's go. I feel like it's always changed. Um,
2: and I
1: think I'm always re- reevaluating things. Um, because what I thought five years ago, or a year ago, or a week ago, or a day ago, it's not necessarily what I think now. <laughs> you know, maybe, but it, it's not always right. Um, so, um, and I think I'm getting a lot better. Uh, like we talked about earlier, like learning when to delegate things and who to delegate them to, and. Being a lot more conscious of my time, um, and a big one which you said was knowing what I don't want to do, it. yeah, and what I do want to do is mm. a big one. Uh, I think that's probably like the main thing that I'm going through right now is like i mean, having a large realization of what I really want to do and don't want to do, or enjoy doing and don't enjoy, mm-hmm. and. The more I define that in my work, the way, the more, ha- like, I'm way more happy. That's it.
0: I like this topic because it relates to what you were saying earlier about that big question, like, who are you, what are you trying yeah. to do? Like, sometimes that question feels like this, which is like, what are you good at? What you like to do? What do you, what do you not like to do? Um, how are they different? Like, how is that experience different than defining like what you want to do is it the work is it just putting in the work and trying and trying it and realizing
1: yeah i, mean, I think any artist at that it's like you can't it's a weird question to ask like a 16 artist you know <laughs> like nobody knows who they are when they're that age yeah. and like to even just it's ex- how somebody ask that and then like you get it kind of puts you up a bit and you're like, am I supposed to know that? And like, and then you're like, I, I, mean, I am supposed to know that. And right. Like, you kind of try to fumble it together when like you're in your thirties, you realize it's not something you just fumble together. <laughs> you know, at age 16. Yeah. And it's like a constant evolving thing. Um, but I think it's the same thing. I just think, uh, at least with the artists that I was trying to be, uh, I think it's very hard to be that, that or know, you know, know who you are and what you want to say That's the, R- thing. Yeah. <laughs> as an artist.
0: I love that. It's like, I don't think anyone wanted to hear what I had to say at 16. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, you know what also I thought of like a couple years ago is, That question doesn't necessarily mean, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to answer it with words or that Mm. the lyrics of your song have to represent what you have to say. You know? Right. Your guitar solo could also represent what you have to say. And I think that Mm. I didn't realize that when I was a kid when people said that. And I think now I'm realizing that. that what people have to say doesn't always come out of their mouth,
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's
0: a- actions speak louder than words. and um, yeah. But sometimes words do the job. Sometimes you need both. Sometimes you need both.
1: Music and lyrics.
0: There you go. <laughs> um my last question, and I want to ask this to every guest that I've had, and I haven't, so you're the first one, which is if you were to write a book about creativity, um, this question flops, by the way, for fall, not mine, obviously, just for the record. Uh, <laughs> totally kidding. But um, if you were to write a book about creativity that was handed to you
2: now, or actually you two years ago, what would you have wanted that to to say?
1: I think I would have a chapter on uh, you know, getting into your flow state and ignoring the noise mm-hmm. and ignore um, try to make us my song needs to be as good as this song. this I need to be as good as this artist, or I don't think any of that is productive. <laughs> when creating, yeah. uh, and, um, I would have a chapter on, uh, kind of creating, there was a, uh, there was a, my lyric writing professor at Berkeley talked about, uh, I forget who said this, uh, somebody famous at some point said, <laughs> some writer or something said, you can't, uh, creativity is not going to find you if you're not like something like creativity is not going to find you if you're not sitting there you know like you're not gonna um it was it was in relation to like I think it was a writer and he was like every day I'd sit down and write and I don't always write you know a lot but I'm there so that when the inspiration hits me I'm sitting down and ready to to you know to do it I kind of think of um, like I said, I'm one of those people that just my whole life is about music. So I find that I'm just always um I always try to stay in it. If I have no sessions, I'm still in my studio working on things or experimenting with things. And it's every time I've done that, it's always somehow uh the universe has thrown something at me where I'm like, I didn't have sessions this week, so I work on nineteen sixty seven drums because I want to and that the next week somebody's like, hey, we need a nineteen sixties record and I'm like, oh sweet. Right. And uh and because I was there and you know didn't just take days off and and uh not uh pursue my craft every day, I think that um I would miss out on a lot of opportunities. So I think the chapter would be like persistence slash just, you know. Uh
2: you said staying in it. I love yeah, that. Staying in it. Cool.
0: Well, thank you. Do you have any more chapters to add or or you're you're out? Damn it.
1: It's a it's a work in progress.
0: I mean if you want to write it for me right now, I mean feel free. <laughs> um Thanks so much, man. Uh, I really appreciated our collaboration over the last year. Yeah. And just watching you grow and watching you take on new projects and kind of digging, uh, into what makes you, you and what you do want to say, and just seeing you put in the work and post about all the different, um, all the different gear that you've been playing with or working on, you know, that's been really exciting to see and inspiring to see as well. Um, so. Keep doing the work. And uh, I really appreciate what you're doing, man. And thank you, you for taking it. the talk. I enjoyed doing it with you. You had quite an eventful year yourself. I did. Yes. But this is not about me, unless you want it to be, but I don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to interview you for an hour and a half. <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great day. Um,
2: and uh, we'll talk soon. Definitely. All right. Take care, man. Peace. Later.